Welcome out there, you radio listeners, on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We're here on WINT, and my name is Jack Mancini, and we are going to be broadcasting our weekly show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Anything small business we cover, we talk about, we've experienced, we're business coaches. When I say we, my partner, my long-term business partner, Adam Sunhalter, uh, and I have been together basically coaching small businesses, and we define that from 1 to 25 employees. We wander off the reservation occasionally. We have a couple of bigger clients, but small businesses are what we love. So tonight, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. You know, we're in the Cleveland area here, and uh, there's a big high school football game coming up this Friday, St. Edward versus St. Ignatius. Of course, St. Edward's going to win. We know that. But, uh, oh, wait, we don't know. There's probably a little dispute in here between. Yeah, there's, uh, always, there's always hopes and prayers, Jack. <laughs> so anyone who's, who's got uh, an idea there about who's going to win this game, Adam will tell you how to contact us here. But feel free to come in and uh, lay it on the line here. Who do you think will win? I told you who I'm going to win or who's going to win. And. And Adam, I'm sure, will make a few comments before the night's over. But uh, speaking of football, we have a coach of the professional team here, the Cleveland Browns coach, a guy named Hugh Jackson. (laughs) Yes, we do. Hugh Jackson is not a guy who endears himself to people, primarily because he's got the job of the head coach and he's been coaching and he only wins about three games every decade. So he doesn't win too often. And in a game where you come in on a Sunday and you play a game 16 times a year, you should have your share of winnings. He doesn't seem to be too bright. Um, you know, in the political correct world, people wouldn't say it, but I, I do. I think the guy is just stupid. And he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have the right stuff. So he's out there. Maybe some people love him. I don't know. I'm certainly not one of those in that camp. But... Uh, when we're talking about Hugh and football and the like, the word leadership kind of pops into minds and pops into the discussion. So we're going to talk small business like we usually do, try to take real-world events, many of them local, and, and basically try to uh, uh, apply those events to business. So tonight we're talking football, we're talking leadership, I mean, what else can there be? The the leaves are falling, and it's fall, and it's a great time to be alive. What do you think, Adam? Absolutely. So let me let me get my prediction out of the way. So my prediction for this Friday night's game between the the Wildcats of St. Ignatius and those poor Eagles of St. Ed's, if you recall last time they played at First Energy Stadium, which also happens to be the home of the, the Cleveland Browns, um, something happened that usually doesn't happen there, and that was a big win by the home team, which was Ignatius Wildcats. Do you remember the score for that game, Jack? I think it was... Uh, 14-13? No, it was, uh, see, you and every other St. Ed's fan doesn't remember the score because nobody was left in the stands because St. Ed's got beaten so ba- so badly. I think the final score, I believe, was 34-7. to It was one of those fluky, one of those fluky games. And that seven only came in the last couple of minutes of the game where there was all the fourth stringers around there. They felt mercy on the, on the, fourth, on, on the team. Fourth stringers. <laughs> Yeah, okay. but they have more kids on the sideline for those games than they do for most college and pro games, Jack. I know. The, I know. The whole, the whole team, the whole freshman, sophomore, or freshman JV teams dress if they want to, and they usually do. 
Uh, yeah, it's a packed house on the uh, on the sidelines, that's for sure. So I predict a, a closer final score than that, but it's still Ignatius coming out on top. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with twenty four to twenty one. Twenty four twenty one. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say eighteen. It's kind of a crazy score. Eighteen fourteen. That's a crazy pick, Saint Jackson. Ed's. Might as well go with a crazy score too. Eighteen fourteen. Saint <laughs> Ed's. <laughs> All right. So we'll see. So, yeah, if you want to be part of that, please, you can you get lots of ways to get a hold of us to, 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 to throw your score in there, whether you're an alumni or even a, a current uh, uh, student at St. Ed's or St. Ignatius here in Cleveland. Let us know what you think is going to happen this Friday uh, in terms of the, the, the big game, the Holy Wars that's known here. You can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can tweet at us. You can do that at MaximumVP. For our company one, it's at Jack M, MVP for Jack Mancini. You can do it for at Adam Sonhalter. Lots of great ways to, to, to do that. It's also a way to be part of the show, in addition to, to, the, to the Ignatius Ed score. And we also have Kurt sitting by tonight. We're taking phone calls. If you want to call in at 440-946-9468. And to Jack's opening, we're going to talk tonight about how to not lead like Hugh Jackson. So... <laughs> Not now, like you, Jackson, that's for sure. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some lessons that we've learned. And, again, you know, the, the caveat I have for this, first of all, is, again, this is a very tough position to be in. You know, anytime you're, you're running an organization, you're, you, you're in the spotlight. When we turn it to things like sports, especially in a town like Cleveland where they're very passionate about their sports, that gets amped up even more. So uh, there are a lot of things that can be learned, and we try to, like we always do, Jack, we try to put a positive spin on things, right? So... If we're going to, you know, take except, a... Except Adam, except where Hugh Jackson's well, involved. The, the positive spin is we're trying to learn lessons of what not to do, right? That's, that's, that's the positive spin piece there. So as we currently stand today, his record in the, in the, in the two-plus years of coaching the Cleveland Browns is 335-1. and one. <clears throat> Wow. So he wins once every 13 games, Jack. Not bad, right, with a 16-game 16, 16 season. Those are good numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, and there's a lot of little things. Again, there's, there's talent there, there's people there, and the, the difference that a, a good leader can make in any organization is a big deal. And so we want to share, as we, all, as we always do here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business, we like to share, and we'll tie it in with some stories of clients of ours, because well, again... Just, wait, when you're speaking football leaders, look at, uh, look at those Wildcats, that leader... Sure. Coach Chuck Kyle, Chico, Chico, as he's known. Yes. He's been there forever, and he keeps winning games, except when St. Ed's is around. But other than that... <laughs> I think we got no. two in a row on you guys, don't we? I remember last year was a close game. Yeah, it's kind of getting out of the, 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 cumulative, the cumulative total that's coming close to uh, even, I believe. Anyway. Yes. So, you know, what's going to happen is we're, again, we're, trying, we're trying to share some lessons of what not to do. And you know, we have stories not only for Hugh Jackson, but things of clients of ours and, and folks that, that we know. And if you own a company or if you're thinking about starting a company to, to be able to have, to have as your own, one of the things you got to be doing is getting better as a leader every day, doing stuff to get better as a leader. And you're going to make a lot of false, uh, uh, false starts and missteps along the way. And that's okay. But what happens, too, is not everybody's designed to be a leader. Not everybody has what it takes to be a CEO or, in the case of we're talking about football, to be a head coach. Some folks are better as coordinators. Some are better as position coaches. Some are better as advisors on the sideline or, or, or folks who are up in the booth versus being on the sideline. So we all have different skills. And part of the first step of being a good leader is to be able to, 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 to know yourself. Okay? 
and know what some of your strengths are and some of your, your, your weaknesses are and what's kind of required to be a leader. So it starts with kind of getting to know yourself. And one of the tools that we use for leadership with all of our clients, we talked about numerous times around the air, is a tool called Extended DISC, D-I-S-C, which is a behavior assessment. And people have all four of these qualities, whether it's the dominant driving type for the Ds or the, the influencers of the Is or those steady and stable Ss or those kind of conscientious and compliant Cs. We all have all four of these things as part of us, but usually there's one or two, sometimes three that are more prominent than the others. And understanding yourself, first of all, and what, you know, what's most prominent for you, but then starting to see other people as well. That's a big part of, of leadership and where, where people will talk often about gut instincts or gut reactions to things. And really all your gut reaction is it's a bunch of experience. That's right. right? Cumulative, uh, right. Cumulative experiences. So, yeah. you know, Jack and I have a lot of shared experiences. He and I have been together coaching companies for going on 16 years now together. We've known each other for a long time. So we have a lot of shared experiences. But even when you have shared experiences... You, know, you talk to any police officer who's, to, who's, who's taken an accident report and talked to, to, to different witnesses, all experiencing the same accident from different, from, from different viewpoints. So the way that they saw it and the way that they, that they retell it is going to be very, very different. So we all have our own kind of point of view, our own, our own guts, and our guts are educated by our, by our years of experience. And one of the things that's good as a leader to do is to try to add some, some structure to that if you can. It's, it usually becomes very helpful to have a framework to at least start from to help to kind of explain what's going on. And so DISC is a way that we do that with all of our clients to start with the, the owners of the company to understand themselves and then very quickly getting into the key people as part of the team too because it can help uh, facilitate learning to help avoid or to, to take care and resolve some conflicts that are going on and also helping to get people in the right roles, getting them in the, you know, to use the, the, the Jim Collins phrase from, from good to great of getting everybody on the right seat on the bus. And so I think, you know, in Hugh's defense, Jack, I think, you know, Hugh's in a role that he, that he shouldn't be in as a, as a head coach. <clears throat> that's right. And as, as often the case, so the way things tend to progress, that's true of many companies, people will often kind of work their way through the chain of command. And so they'll go from being a scout to, or, or, or somebody, you know, breaking down film to then they, you know, they, they start, you know, be, becoming a position coach and they become a coordinator and then, you know, the coordinators are often the ones who are then promoted to, 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 to head coaches. They kind of go through that, that chain of command. Not terribly different from what often happens with our publicly um, elected officials. They'll go from maybe local government to, to county government to, to, to state government to then, you know, federal and national government. Kind of stuff. They often they'll kind of step up. It's true of, of corporations, you know, often as well. But well, well, in Hugh's case, in Hugh's case, he's touched all those steps to get to where he is. So somebody screwed up here. Either he shouldn't have accepted the job or the owner who hired him shouldn't have hired him or made the offer. So those kinds of things reflect leadership even above Hugh. Hugh, I agree, Adam. Hugh's in the wrong spot. I don't know what his spot is now that, uh, you know, we see him on TV enough or see him somewhere in and around Cleveland jumping in the lake or doing whatever he's doing. He basically... Uh, had the skill, no, he had the experience at many, many levels in football, and he doesn't know how to execute it right now. And I'm not saying right now, like, he's going to learn, because I, I think he's about where, he's one or two steps above where he should be right now. 
I don't know what his position would be. I'm not the, the paid great football. I'm just a guy who can throw out opinions and probably not as informed as they should be. But, hey, that's the way it goes. Well, a, and and you, you, is, uh, you has been promoted to the head coach of Cleveland, and he seems over his head. Yeah, there's a, I was, I was, Jack and I were talking a little earlier about this, and I, I mentioned a, uh, somebody mentioned something that we know very well, which is what's known as the Peter Principle. And there was a, a couple weeks or a couple days ago, I heard a a, a reporter talk about that, and he's, and he's referencing that in terms of what's going on with Hugh. And for those of you who aren't aware of it, you know the Peter Principle is uh, boy, it's several decades old now. It was a, a management guru who talked about the idea that people get promoted to their level of incompetence. So as you keep doing well, so a guy like Hugh Jackson did well at each different level, up to coordinator, and then he got promoted to, to head coach. That seems to be where his level of incompetence is, as you go from being the coordinator to being the, to being the head coach, and he just doesn't have doesn't have what it takes. And this is the second go around because he he spent a year or a year and a half out in Oakland as a coach there, as interim coach for for a little while, and he was I think he was coach for a season there. So this is the second go around in, in terms of being the head coach, and it just doesn't seem to be the right fit. So I think that the whole concept of of the the, the Peter principle to me is part of what we're starting to see here in a very, very big spotlight when it comes to, when it comes to Hugh Jackson. Because, again, as you look at his record, he's had, he's had success at those different levels of, of different you know, position coaches and coordinators, that kind of stuff. He's, he's done okay, or he's done pretty well, which is why he got hired. Now, your, your point about the hiring is a little bit off. We can get into that as we get back here at the break. We've got lots of good things we want to kind of talk about, but you can <laughs> tell there's a lot, of, a lot of different angles to go here. So we've got some more stuff we'll talk about as, as we come back from break in terms of how not to lead like Hugh Jackson. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini, and we are football analysts, among other things. <laughs> At least tonight we are. All right. St. Ed's is going to prevail. No, no, no. All right. Stick around. Friday. Stick around. we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio. WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. All right, got a little bit of karaoke brought to you by my co-host over there, Jack Mancini. He likes to sing along and whistle. Spaghetti Western. Spaghetti Western. There you go. Absolutely, right on. Clint Eastwood. Those were. I got about uh, dialogue. It's about a page long for the whole movie, right? That's about, about a, <laughs> a lot of looks and stares. That's and music about and, it. And uh, yeah, great, uh, great scenery there, right? How good those were. Yep. All right. I bet you, bet you Hugh Jackson didn't direct any of them. No, right. So, okay. So, we're going to talk about how, and we're talking about leadership lessons and uh, trying to take a positive spin on stuff here. We, we kind of teed up here a little bit in the first in the first segment about how not to lead like Hugh Jackson. And you want to kind of share <laughs> some of the some of the uh, the things that we're seeing. Okay. <laughs> so, one of the biggest one of the biggest roles of any leader is to instill confidence. Okay. And we joke with this, you know, uh, with all of our clients, every owner that we, that we meet of a small business, Jack, and we talk about the fact that most people perceive you as the owner to have all of the answers. All right? And then we know, though, we know you don't have all the answers. You know you don't have all the answers. Nobody. That's right. Nobody has all the answers. But as when it comes to running a small company... You tend to be the the most well informed of all the people who are in the business, especially early on. No, well, we've seen people who that that hat doesn't quite fit their head, right? Right. So, right. <laughs> but one of the things you want to be able to do is you want to be able to instill confidence. 
And that's, you know, it, even if you're faking it, though, that, 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 that famous phrase, Jack, of fake it until you make it kind of thing. <laughs> well, that's the idea of just kind of putting it out there with confidence. Say, hey, you know, even if I, I don't know what I'm talking about, I fake it in such a way that you believe I know what I'm talking about or that I believe that I believe that I'm talking, whatever it might be. But again, that confidence that I have, I'm able to... Convey to, it, push it, get get away with it. Right. And, and you people feel, are looking for that. And you feel good about it, okay? That's right. The whole room and, does, even though they can maybe snicker a little bit, those that pick up on, on the lack of of true worth for that confidence. But that's okay. So there are certain things that, 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 that Hugh does that, that, that do not instill confidence, okay? So one very, very obvious example of this is he speaks in platitudes, <laughs> right? Or cliches. That's one of those fancy pants words. Oh, no, I wanted to get that so, fancy pants word in here, Jack, okay. especially on the Ignatius week, right? <laughs> especially. Es- yes. Yeah. What What are those fancy pants word meetings? All right. So here's what a platitude is, Jack. A platitude, here's a dictionary definition of it, is a remark or statement, especially one with moral content, that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. Right, so they give a synonym as like you know a, a cliche. And I was listening to an interview of uh, of Hugh recently, and there you know some local sports talk. You know what they would do is they would listen to a twenty or thirty second soundbite, and every time he used a platitude or a cliche, they would ring a little bell. Right, and they they'd be ringing that bell like the bell was you know was on fire. You know every you know for every twenty seconds or thirty seconds of 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 Hugh talking, he'd have anywhere from three to ten platitudes, and he just kind of strings them together. You know, and it's it's it, <laughs> well after you listen to him you always you know kind of furrow your brow and say what what did he what did he just say what did he just say well that's the problem because all that's of a sudden right. he's it's all he, he, uh, go on. I mean, well you speak in platitudes or cliches you aren't saying anything you know, this this gave me flashbacks to my 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 early days on wall street jack coming back to uh, the the dot com boom and you know bubble that burst back in 99 2000 2001 time frame and I remember reading some documents there, and there are all these different buzzwords and catchphrases, and people would have their executive summaries, which would be you know a couple, you know a page or two of stuff, and you'd read a paragraph or two, Jack, and it was it was literally it was all these buzzwords just kind of put together, and you read it, go, what, what, what are you guys what are you guys read? saying? But I, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure they, they're trying to make sure they they get all the right current buzzwords into that first couple of pages to make sure that they sound like they know what they're talking about, you know? It's the exact same thing here. It's like okay, like you said, Jack, you're scratching to go what. What are you trying to say? Again, you're speaking all kinds of platitudes, but it's not. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. So you begin to wonder. So, as a coach, how important? How important is clarity of of the words that are used? The communication, that word communication. How how important? It's 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 everything. And if you can't do it well, how do you inspire somebody? How do you how do you Lead. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. How do you lead when you can't express yourself in a way that people can get excited, get motivated, believe in what you're saying? How can you do it? Well, well you can't. Well, I, I'm trying to talk about. The, I'm going to start with the confidence thing here first of all, right? So if I don't, if I can't figure out what you're trying to tell me, Jack, <laughs> so come back to communication. If, if I can't figure out what you're trying to say to me, I'm not going to have much confidence in that. And as I'm as I'm listening to him. I wonder if he knows what's going on. That's 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 the wrong that's the wrong question for me to be asking my leader. Does, you know, does she know what the heck is going on? Right. Okay. So if, I, if I'm listening to Hugh, I don't think he knows what's going on. 
That's the feeling I have. Now, whether that's true or not, but that's how he's presenting himself and the way he, he talks and presents. And again, th these cliches, these, these platitudes are a big part of that because his, his, his mouth is moving, but he ain't saying anything. So, <laughs> okay, so, so... So what do we do? What do we do with a guy like you? Well, if he's coachable, somebody can help him. I, I'm sure he's been through some of this stuff, but part of it, which we know, Jack, some people just aren't coachable. Well, he had an 8-8 eight eight record at Oakland as head coach. He did? Yeah, what happened there? I don't know. Don't know. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> different team, different time, I don't know. Has yeah. he gotten worse? Has he, he, had, he, had different, he had different players, he had different staff around him too, different people. Um, don't know. Don't know. That was, that was going back probably six, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. But from what we've seen, again, it's just we've had a lot closer look at him, so... Again, trying to instill confidence. One is again, not you know, don't speak in platitudes and cliches. Avoid them. Avoid them if you can. I don't say at all costs, but again, try to make sure you, you fit it in where it makes sense. You're you're doing it to kind of make a point, not doing it to fill fill lines on a on a uh, a transcript for your for your interview or your your weekly call that you have with, with the media. So the communication. Uh, the, the, to, to, to come back to your point, Jack. Communication. What, what we, we find, at least I find personally helpful, is when somebody's communicating either problems or solutions. Problems or solutions. That's all there are. You should be able to have those zeros and ones, those yes or no's. <clears throat> it's problems or solutions. Nothing in between. So I don't hear a lot of those coming out of his mouth, Jack, because you know, mm -hmm. there, there aren't too many problems or solutions that are, that are, that are encompassed within platitudes and cliches. So... Now, again, I understand part of this is, he, you know, he's in a public forum and he's, you know, he doesn't want to tell everybody everything. But again, let me come back to the confidence and again, perception. And this is, a, he, he's a great example of perception. He may be the <laughs> slickest guy in the world and behind closed doors and the cameras are turned off and you know, he's coming out, you know, in that private setting, he's very different. And there are guys who are probably like that. You know, everything you hear about a guy like Bill Belichick from New England the way he comes off in public is nothing like he is in private. Very different. But it's, it's a calculated way of going about doing stuff. That's right. His, 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 uh, his persona, his public persona is much different, Adam. Absolutely much right. different. So that may be the case in terms of Hugh. He's a brilliant guy. And he's doing things a certain way to make sure that, hey, I can make sure that I'm going to talk a certain way in public. And then, you know, but behind the scenes... I have the confidence of the people who, who matter the most, which is the ownership and the, and the general manager and my players. That may be fine, but from a public perception standpoint, from what we see, and again, we've been around a lot of people in our lives, Jack, and our guts are relatively <laughs> educated, and, and we also have some good frameworks to think about. I don't feel confident when I hear him talk. And that's true whether he's talking after a loss, after a win, after whatever it might be. I just don't feel I don't feel confident when he's when he's talking. Well, there's no energy. There's no energy in a sense that that you know lights the match. And then generally a good leader they're they're going to inspire. They don't have to be loud and they don't have to be be uh, you know waving their hands all over the place, but they have to be coming back to confidence again. And they have to instill that can-do attitude. We're better than this and here's why and that kind of thing to make the team feel good, charge them up. You know, it's a battery charging process. I don't see him doing that. I, I just, I just don't don't see him getting that team excited. Well, as we're, as we're sitting there talking about this, Jack, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to some of the things you, you you've talked about, some of your your early career experience, and 
you had a lot of guys who were, who were in, uh, I say guys because mostly guys at that point, but uh, uh, who were in leadership roles within companies. And if you ever approached them to ask like some of the answers for stuff, they'd like yell at you and shoo you away and say, hey, just figure it out, Jack. Mm, you know, right. we, yeah, that's what we pay you for, right? Like, yeah, get the hell out of my office, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I hear versions of that with you. Yeah, we got to work. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, you know, everybody in here is trying. We're, you know, we're working at it. We're, you know, we we, we got to figure things out. Versus, we know what the problem is, Jack, and we're on it. Okay. That's all you got to say. That's it. I'm not telling you what the problem is because you, know, you don't need to know what the problem is. You'll see the results in the field next week, right? That's not what I'm hearing. That's, not, uh, that, that's what a good leader does, cuts things off and moves on and moves on. So, again, communicating problems or solutions. Not cliches and platitudes. That's a big part of the communication. That's a big deal. That's a big deal, and that's the message coming back to uh, you running a company. You want people not to be whining and dumping all their problems on you. You want to hear the problem, and you'd like a suggested solution. Right. That's a good employee. That's a good outcome. And that's what good leaders do. Okay. So again, we're keeping. We're using this as an example, I and mean, these are all examples that we can now tie back in. I'm trying to take a positive, frustrating or frustrating thing, especially for us here in Cleveland. Uh, and those of you who are not in Cleveland, you have other folks in your in your sports world or other or other things that are, are frustrating you too. Try to take these things and, and put a positive spin that you can learn some lessons for it. So a lot of the good stuff that we can do here in terms of you know, ways to, to do things different from you. And we got a couple of those we'll share here after the break. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini, and we're after you tonight. That's for sure. That's right. All right, we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way. So stay tuned here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Glad that you're here with us. We're already halfway through the show. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. Who are you over there? Who am I? Let's see. I know who I'm not. I won't say his name again. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm your co-host here, Adam. And we're talking Dirty Secrets of Small Business, especially regarding leadership. And the message, the message tonight is how not to lead like Hugh Jackson. That's right. And I know there's a lot of uh, uh, Hugh Jackson apologists out there. And if you're interested in kind of defending Hugh, feel free to call him. We'd love to have a discussion with you. It's 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. If you want to be on the radio, you can send us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com. So we can, we touched in the first part here about kind of some of the things that he's, that he's not doing very well. We finished up the last segment, Jack, talking about communication is a big deal. And when it comes to that, one of the things I, that I've got written down here is that, you know what, it's sometimes it's better to say nothing at all than to say the wrong thing. Absolutely. So that's a communication thing, too, where people often feel the need to talk, right, or fill the air with, uh, with uh, something versus nothing. Well, it's often better just not to say anything at all, is what we have found, and, and especially in a very emotional public forum like like Hugh Jackson's in. So you, you come off the field, you know, your team's fighting their fighting their tails off, and they wind up losing the game, and you and you, you come off. It's very emotional. And within 15 minutes, you're in front of a microphone. So try to picture, you know, whatever a bad day at the office looks like for you, or a bad day on the job site, or or a bad day in the factory, whatever it might be. Picture, you know, what. One of those tough days you've had recently. And now try to envision yourself in front of a panel of reporters with a microphone in front of your face as soon as you, as soon as you leave the office that day, right? Oh, How's that likely going to go? 
Coming back, Adam, to your previous segment, uh, the comment. You know, you you have to be skilled to be in the position that the head coach is. Um, if you're not winning games, especially if you're not winning games, you got to be able to to uh, talk and show confidence and give reasons that that are plausible, instilling confidence again that you're you're doing what any good coach would do with the talent he has. He doesn't do that. You have no idea what's next. He'll usually say something that's not correct, working against what he should be doing, and that is to instill confidence in the team and lift people. You know, not not with a bunch of BS, but with the confidence that a winner has. And I may not have the answers right now today, but by God, I'm going to have them next week for sure. And here's why. Not a bunch of nonsense, but a lot of good stuff that he spotted during the game. His team has spotted during the game. He's he's going to build confidence with with an attitude that instills confidence. It's the only way you can do it. Instilling confidence is absolutely right, and you're you're circling back to some of those. Those are very good things, Jack. And so, again, come back to it's okay. It's okay not to have all the answers. Okay. But, but, you should know the next step to keep things moving, which is what you're talking about here, Jack. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the answer yet, but here's what we're gonna do. Now, you know, when you keep saying platitudes and it's cliche, so like, for instance, for Hugh, well, we got to, you have to take, take a look at the film. Okay, that's your next step. Okay, well, what the film? Show? I don't know. We got to, we got to take, take a look at the film, and what you, what's what's being done to fix? Because again, at the end of the day, this being very public, you, you know, people see the results. Results, if they aren't good, it's a, the, the results are simple wins and losses. But uh, knowing what the next step's going to be, knowing how to keep moving forward. The next step might be, hey, I need to talk to somebody, or I need to do this. Right? Okay, but it's, again, this is all, to me, as we're talking here, Jack, this is all under that under that banner of instilling confidence. It, 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 sure there's a lot it of is. things that you can do <clears throat> to build up. And I guess confidence is quite a bit like trust, Jack. I mean, from the standpoint, it takes a long time to build it up. But it doesn't take much to knock it down and all of a sudden disappears or you start to have um, some chinks in that armor where you're hitting it and, okay, it's starting to get some dents and people start to worry about it and, and pretty soon you start to lose it. Now, once it's lost, confidence oh, or trust is lost, boy, it, it, to regain never, it... Probably never get it back. Yeah, it almost becomes yeah. impossible, you know. And you see that with different folks. Again, you know, picture people in, in your organization. And, 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 you know, this may not be you. Maybe it's one of your other key people as part of your organization where you, you've seen them go through some of these struggles. Okay? You may be a good leader, but you may have other people that are part of your organization who aren't good leaders. And, uh, again, it's, it's often the case that we can learn as much or more about what not to do or from people who are doing things wrong than we can from you know, kind of doing things right. So that's another key thing to kind of keep in mind. Um, Here's a real stickler for me, okay? And it's something that's really come up a lot. It, it came up earlier this year with Hugh, but it's really come up a lot here in the last week or so, Jack. And that has to do with how he's, how he's using his title to try to earn that respect. And you can't do that. So he's, you know, he's, he's, he's quoted, I think, six or eight times right after the game on Sunday, talking about he's the head coach of the team. Yeah, he's actually I'm the head coach saying of the team. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm, right. And he and that's not the first time he's doing it. He was doing it. He's done it before recently. He's got to remind people that that he's the head coach. Why is he saying that? Why is he doing that, Adam? 
Well, because that's the that's the trump card he's got, Jack. It's a title, okay? And it's a very delicate trump card you don't want to play very often. It's it's very similar to the trump card of, hey, I'm the owner of the company, Jack. That's why you know, that's why I got to do what I'm telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, once in a while, we, you know that that can be okay. Once in a while, to kind of put your foot down and almost like having the veto right. You know, as you know, like the, the, the president of the United States has has chance to veto stuff. Okay, well, you as the president or owner of your company. You have every right to veto stuff, okay? That's right. You can stop the squabbling, or if it's going the, the wrong way, you know, the, you, you don't want to ever manage really by consensus. If you own the company, ultimately you are the decision maker. Uh, it's great to have everyone in a room agree, but it's, it's not, a, let's say, a strong characteristic of leadership to try to get everybody to buy in and not make a decision until you get everyone's buy-in. You don't need that. And you may be unpopular when you make the decision. You might be uh, outvoted, but it's your company, and ultimately you make those tough decisions. That's, that goes with the turf. And with, with our friend Hugh, that's who we're kind of focusing on tonight, how not to manage like Hugh. Uh, he doesn't do that. I can't see him doing that. No, that's uh, what part we're starting to see is we have... There's tremendous pressures. I'm sure you can appreciate people. You know, don't feel bad for for coaches or athletes that are making, whether it be hundreds of thousands or, or tens of millions of dollars a year, because it, it's more than most people will ever make in their life, let alone in one year. So people don't have much pity for them. Okay, but you got to understand that there, there's a lot of pressure that's going on. As we know, Jack, when people are under pressure, the way they act is not the way they normally would be. And if you if you combine that pressure with desperation, pressure and desperation can be I guess at, at times they can birth greatness, Jack, but that's usually not the case. <laughs> no, I don't think it is the case very often at all. And it's usually written about or or or, or highlighted or they make movies out of it because it is so unusual. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, you're the, right, Adam. The, that's the, right. The, the typical reaction is usually more like, uh, what was it, the Hindenburg? <laughs> Where the guy's <laughs> crying and screaming? No, or? the thing blew up, you know, the <laughs> right? Who, the guy... <laughs> I'm going thinking, way back. Uh, no, way way uh, back. Back in the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, it comes crashing down, right? That's usually when you got a combination of desperation and pressure. That's, well, that's tough to perform and perform well, especially if you have a lot of these cracks we're talking about here. If you're good and you're solid, you're going to perform well. That's what you see. People that perform well under pressure or under some stress or some desperation that do it well, they have good, a good you know, usually a good foundation. All of these things were we brought up so far today, Jack. These are, you know, he's like Swiss cheese when it comes to leadership. He's got a lot of holes in his leadership style and what he's doing, right? And when you get that pressure and that stress kind of happening and the desperation happening, those holes get, you know, it start, <laughs> starts leaking things through pretty quickly. So it's 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 very, very tough. And, and, and so, you know, he's throwing whatever he can against the wall. And so you know, the, the fact that he's throwing his title out, again, to me, that reeks of desperation That's from somebody right. who's under pressure who you know doesn't know the answer, so they default to that trump card of hey I'm the boss. That's right. And again, come back to your your early days. How many guys did you have like that 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 were your boss or that were that, that were above you that chased you out of their office because hey I'm the boss and go go do it. Absolutely. It was their defense mechanism because they don't have the answer either, so they scare the crap out of you and chase you away and okay hope that hope you hoping you can't figure out that they don't know. What the answer is, and well, that's where those out, old right? steel guys, yeah, you know, be happy you have a job, kind of thing, you know, get out of here. Tough, tough talk, right? 
and and not a lot of uh, nurturing going on. So so you hear so here's some I mentioned before some of the apologists talking about some of the good qualities for Hugh and and how the guys keep playing hard for him. It's like okay, well, well, what choice do you have, right? I mean, again, if if you're a player, if you're an employee, I mean, again, you can you know, you're gonna goof around all the time. Well, if you go for all the time, guess what? Eventually, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get cut from here, and nobody else is gonna pick you up, right? So you got your own self survival is you got you got to play your butt off and do your best, sure. in spite of all the circumstances. You're getting ten million dollars a year. You should. That's the expectation, right? So why why dole out credit to anybody for playing their ass off? That's that's what's expected of the job, and the coach should be doing that. You know, Belichick all nighters. He probably still does that. You know, he's he's a fiend. For, for film and seven days a week and 10, 12-hour, 14-hour, 18-hour days, you know. He's, yeah, he's the a Super successful Bowl. coach. Yeah, the Super Bowl, and hey, we got to start working on next year. Or, you know, whatever it is, that next day, you know, you celebrate for, for a day or two, and then it's boom, you're, you're, you hey, got other things that I have to do. You kind of, so we could talk to, you know, Beltrick has other, has other challenges, but again, the, you know, as we talked to people about trying to celebrate victories and, and enjoy the good times, I'm sure he does. But he's also very focused, and he, he, he may want to enjoy that stuff after he retires, you know. We can now look back, and you know, things will be much different. But he's very focused on what he wants to do, and he knows what's, what's led to success for him and what's happened very, very well. So, again, a lot of things he's doing well that, you know, again, we're, we're looking at a guy like, like Belichick. Why? Because he's been to eight Super Bowls in the, in, in the last 18 years and won five of them and has been in the playoffs for a number of years, had, has had tremendous success. And, okay, part of it could be that it has to do with he has a great quarterback from the University of Michigan, Tom Brady. Oh, boy. Well, that, I, I can't dispute that. But, you know, <laughs> the, even with a great quarterback, you still need, you know, you still need some good coaching. And, and you know, there's, there's some qualities of things that, that good leaders do that we don't see Hugh doing. Um, well, let, let me, let me uh, throw out what we always throw out to our are the owners of our companies that we coach. There are three words that basically describe the duty of the CEO. And if you are focused as a CEO on these three words, you're always going to sound pretty intelligent because you basically have an insight that's been gathered by some type of studying, some type of collaboration. And those three words are plan, direct, and control. So do you see Hugh with a plan to try to right-size whatever the heck's going on with this team? Are they playing up to their capability? They might be. You know, pretty close games. They're in it. They're exciting games. People are getting developed. Uh, are, they, are they playing badly? They aren't winning. And unfortunately, we just cut to the chase and say, if you don't win, you don't survive. Well, that, that has truth to it. But with a team like this, they may be doing what they are expected to do. But the point is, is he leading with the plan? What is his plan to get them to wherever they should be? If he feels that they're doing okay right now, he should be explaining it and defending it. And he doesn't have a plan and a, uh, the ability to direct and control the outcomes here. Well, I want to delve into this plan, Jack. We have, the, we have, our, we have our last break here. I want to, I want to give you a sense of my sense of what his plan is, but I want to do that after the break. So we got some more stuff here. we got a couple other things I want to touch on, too, with you. And stick with us. we got one more segment to go here on Dirty Secrets Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini. Stay tuned. we got more coming your way here on Dirty Secrets Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM. 101.5 FM and online, wintradio.com. 
All right, we're back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business, and that was uh, Pastor Jack in the background there talking about Jesus. You know, we got uh, that was a commercial on before. For those of you listening on the podcast, we have one of the other uh, hosts on here who talks about the Jewish eyes of Jesus and seeing the Bible through it. So anyway, a little promo for her show. I'm 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 your other co-host, Adam Sonalter. How you doing, Jack? I'm Pastor doing Jack. good. I'm doing good. Pastor through Jack the eyes, sounds good through the, through the eyes of Hugh. Hugh. All right. Hugh. So we're, we went to the last break. You talked. You were talking about plan, direct control, Jack, and the whole idea of having a plan. And here's what I see. Okay, the plan for the year, if you recall, it was talked about a million times too. Was having Tyrod Taylor be the quarterback of this team. He's a veteran mm-hmm. quarterback. Took the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs last year. But he has wins. I mean, it's like, okay, Tyrod's going to be the guy. And I will argue, Jack, that the best part of that plan that happened was Tyrod getting hurt, so Baker Mayfield to come in and play. I agree. But wait, Hugh's supposed to be a, uh, an extremely competent judge of talent. Mm. He's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer is what he, what he was talked about coming in. He's good at working with quarterbacks in the offense. But, yeah. But, again, his plan was, to keep, this, was, yeah. to, keep, was to keep this kid on the bench. And, uh, you know, I'm guessing part of it had to do with his experience last, last year with Deshaun Kaiser as a rookie and everything else. But, you, know, you, you take a look at the, at the way Baker Mayfield plays, even as a – a very raw rookie compared to Tyrod Taylor who's been in the league for five, six, seven years, and it's night and day. I'm Again, much like you, Jack, I'm not a football expert, but I have a set of eyes and I have some experience, and I know watching. I, I know what it's supposed to look like. And what Tyrod does is not what it's supposed to look like, and what Baker does is more what it's supposed to look like, right? So here I am with the expert with his plan, like sticking to the plan. I, I, believe me, I'm a, big, I'm a big believer of sticking to your plan, Jack. But well, when, only but, if it's working. It's working. If it, yeah. if it ain't working or you see a better option, you got to, you know, part of your job as a leader is, hey, that was a plan, but I've got new information here, guys. That's and right. We're going we're, to go a different direction. <laughs> so the plan to control is a big part of that. That's true. You know, so you get, if the plan works, then to be able to direct and control stuff is is the role. But I, I guess the reason you're probably bringing that up, Jack, I don't know if it words in your mouth is, but Hughes seems to be searching for what his job is. Trying to figure out, you know, what's my role supposed to be? Because the, the, the last couple of years... Being an offensive guy, not offensively like he's offending me, but being offensive minded. No, he's doing offense, that though. No, he well, is. He's but gone. The last two years, he was he was the offensive coordinator, basically calling plays and stuff as well. So he wasn't really doing, in my view, and I think a lot of people's views who were watching, he wasn't really doing what a head coach is supposed to do. No, a head coach is the CEO of of the team. You know, you have some hierarchy above that, just like the owners of the team, the shareholders of the board. He's the guy who basically is running or should be running that team. And he's the one who should have a plan that basically is going to move them to whatever the objective is. Is their objective realistically 8-8? Eight and eight? Is it better than that? You know, coming back to platitudes and, and all the nonsense that can come with that. You know, basically, what's the objective? I, I'll, I'll come back to that again. They probably aren't playing much beyond where they should be playing right now. Right now they've been exciting and they have a decent team. They just aren't winning. 59-yard field goal to me isn't too too uh, normal. You know, that's a tough that's a tough yeah, way to lose. There it. are plenty of chances to win or lose that game before that. It's only that's only one play. Let me <laughs> let me make I want to make another point here that we haven't touched on because I want to come back to uh, you know, continue our discussion about lessons to, to learn. Here's one thing that, 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 that you should keep in mind as a leader. Praise in public and correct or adjust in private. Let me say that again. Praise in public, but correct or adjust in private. So what does that mean? So recently, 
Mr. Jackson's been been busy kind of sticking his nose in different areas of the of the uh, of the team. A couple weeks back, it was special teams because our special teams are awful. They actually lost a couple of games for us with missed field goals and blocked field goals and and bad kick returns and bad punt returns and bad coverage on kickoff and punt returns and everything else. So that was a total disaster. And all of a sudden, okay, he's now he he jumped into that. You know, he talked about how he's going to look at special teams. And he, he was mentioning this in the press conference, you know, a few weeks back. And then now here he is this past week saying he's going to jump into the offensive piece of it, right? Without even saying what the, again, come back to not saying what the problem is or what the solution is other than, he's hey, jump me, into it. me jumping into it, Jack, that's the solution. And, it's, again, come way back to our beginning here in terms of <laughs> instilling confidence. I don't, I don't have confidence in you, but you're telling me you're going to jump in there. I'm thinking, wait a minute. That's the, probably the last thing I want to have happen is, <laughs> is have you jump in and screw things up even more. Can't right? you see Haley uh, really endorsing it and oh, say, wow, yeah. boy, I'm, I'm glad he's going to do that, you know? I, I try to picture what that, well, picture that plane ride on the way back, right? Oh, boy. Try to picture a fist fight on the, on the, uh, on the bus ride from the, from the, <laughs> from the, uh, the, or if it didn't happen in the locker room, whatever it might be. Some feisty guys get emotional, say, hey, get away from my stuff kind of thing, right? But, again, the idea to, 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 to praise in public and not take credit for stuff either, you know, you know being humble is a big deal. I think, you know, to not be pounding your own chest or to, 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 to say how, how great and wonderful you are, but to really to, to focus on your people and your team as far as how good they are and do it in private because people will take, and people who are good will take those corrections or adjustments in private and, and, and put it to practice. But you do it in public. It's, you know, once in a while it's okay to do that if, you, if you're kind of at wit's end with somebody and it's like almost the last thing you can try to do. You've been trying to do it in private and, Hey, Jack, I've, I've told you 85 times and you aren't doing it, so I'm going to tell you in this group meeting now just because I'm trying to – it's my last my last straw. I'm trying to do it in public to see if that public pressure can kind of can squeeze you in and kind of get you get you lined up. But that, sure, that, sure. that's like a last-ditch effort, and that seems to be how he tends to, to manage. Again, he's, he's, he's not he's, – he's putting too much – again, I'll come back to, to Belichick. Belichick's very good at not criticizing in public. But I guarantee you, he's criticizing in private. He's you know taking care of things in private. It's a big, big deal to make sure those things happen. And then the last point I wanted to make, Jack, I know we're getting towards the end of the show here. It is. Is one of the things that, that good <laughs> leaders do. Yes. Is they bring out the best in people. They bring out the best in people. Okay. So as we look around and see the the the, the players that are there. I don't know we're getting the best out of all these people. It could be the players, the coaches, but I just think overall we aren't getting the best out of them. And so a, a very simple, vivid example to me was the Thursday night game versus the Jets. When you watch the first half of Tyrod Taylor, he gets hurt with two minutes to go in the first, in the first half. Baker comes in. Same team, same players, same coaches, yet the team could not have looked more different. Oh, more exciting with and one, energized. Yeah, and, with yeah. one person, right? Right. With one person. So, so what do you attribute that to? Well, to me, that's this. This is that's what. You know, so, I think Baker is a very, very good leader, and he brings out the best in, in the people around him. This is the way he he carries and uh, carries himself and does stuff. He he's a great example. Uh, to me, that's a, that was a very tangible way to kind of see it. It's again, same people. So. I will argue, and I think a lot of people do, that, hey, you know what? Yeah, they're, they're competitive everything else, but you know what? If you have a good coach, if, if he wasn't the coach, and we had, you know, we had pick, pick another coach. Oh, pick, you know, pick, you know, everybody seems to be in love with this guy out in, you know, in Los Angeles for the Rams, who's a, who's a good young coach. If you had him in there, 
Or you pick Belichick. If Belichick was coaching the Browns, they'd be two, four, and one. There's uh, no way, Jack. Yeah, There's no I, way. I, I agree. Okay, would they have? Would, you know, would they be four, two, and one? Again, to me, a, a good coach, a good leader, is worth a couple of wins in something like football because they're gonna get the best out of. It. They're gonna they're gonna get sure. you to, to 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 make plays, to do things you didn't think was possible. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make you do that. People talk about how people like playing for him, they're playing hard for him, but it's more because of just, hey, he's a real nice guy. So even though he's incompetent when it comes to, to being head coach, I still like the guy. He's a very likable. Nobody's arguing that, you know, this is not a personal attack on Hugh the person. Hugh seems like a very good guy. Fun guy. He'd probably be a fun guy to have at a, at a party. Very interesting guy. Just a nice guy. He's got, you know, he's got his heart in the right place, doing a lot of good things. He's got charity. All, all that stuff, that's all well and good. We're talking <laughs> about leadership ability to lead an organization. And I wouldn't put Hugh in, in a leadership role, not necessarily for a football team. I wouldn't put him in a leadership role for anything that I have, you know, in terms of whether it be a nonprofit organization or a company or anything else. He doesn't belong in that in that role. And I think we've outlined tonight eight or ten different things that he's not doing well. That to us, Jack, are foundational things for, for being every good a leader, leader. Every good organization. That's right. Uh, every good organization has those foundational pieces somewhere being assembled and the best of the best basically have those already in structured and and able to to uh, use the execution of all these plans that develop because that's what they're focused on what's best for the organization and how to get to wherever we're going and i have to search this i heard and i'll try to get this and put it in the, in the notes too but i heard that there, that there was a, a a survey done of all of all the professional sports teams in North America for the four major sports groups, so that'd be football, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and National Hockey League. And there are 118 coaches. Head 118. Coaches. Yeah, head coaches, managers, again, but they, they, they ranked them all. And wouldn't you know where Hugh Jackson came out? Uh, well, a valid, a valid survey. Yeah, he'd probably come on number one. Number one. Well, no, I'm kidding yeah. you. I'm kidding you. He <laughs> he has to be down there, the bat, bottom of the pack. Yeah, what I heard was he was 118 out of 118. <laughs> and we try to contrast that locally with a guy like Tito Francona, who's the, co who's the, the, the manager of the, of the Cleveland Indians, who was number eight on that list. And Ty Lue still has the you – know, we'll see what he's like without, without LeBron. He's right in the middle of the pack, I think somewhere in the 60s. I'll, I'll see if I can find that, 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 uh, uh, that survey and put it in there. But, uh, again, that's a – unbiased outside of the Cleveland uh, opinion on stuff too. So any case, so that's our show on how to not lead like Hugh Jackson. Hope you found it very helpful. We'll, we'll put a lot of these things in our, in our show notes as well. So we appreciate you being part of the show again this week. You can hear, uh, hear us every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to reach us in between, shoot us an email, radio at MaximumVP.com, or give us a call, 877-849-0670. You can get our podcast anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, all that kind of fun stuff. Please leave a review there. And you're going to hear more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. And go Cats! Go Eagles! Go Eagles!